Welcome here, I'm Mel Sienna Madgwick. Through the miracles of Mother Mary, the heart of Venus, soul of Sophia, the magic of Mother Isis, and the holy grail of Mary Magdalene, we journey deep into the stars and the cosmos, into the ethereal realms of the heavens with the angels, where we are met by a greater wisdom, that of the mysteries of the Divine Mother and the temples of women who are empowered to use the gifts of the veil. Here we bring you a sacred home of love, soul, miracles, and magic. Today on the podcast, we have Chantel, and we're talking all about astro travel, lucid dreams, and prophetic dreams. Hi, Chantel. Can you introduce yourself and let us know what you're what you've been up to at the moment? Hi, Mel. Uh, thanks for having me again back on the podcast. Just wanted to say thank you so much again for having me back on. Um, after the last episode, I had quite a, a warm response from a lot of people reaching out to me and asking questions. So I just want to thank everyone that's listened and um, reached out. I've been living life <laughs> to the fullest since the last episode and also um, preparing uh, offerings for uh, potential clients. So um, you'll see some new things on my uh, Instagram or and website and I've put a few links and things up from the last episode that we've had as well in my link tree and websites and things. So um, And you'll see pricing and things as well. So I've tried to keep it quite stable, the pricing with the way that things are at the moment so that we can reach the most amount of people for the most amount of healing and um, levelling up. Beautiful. And do we get to know what any of those are now or do we have to wait? Just wait and see, I think. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, I know Chantal's such a beautiful healer. Her energy is also very, very grounding as well. So I would highly recommend that you check out Chantal's new offerings when they come up. And also, thank you for coming on the podcast last time. It was one of our most popular episodes. I think everyone loved it. So um, I'm looking forward to today. And uh, <laughs> I feel like everybody I know has reached out to me about that episode. So it has been quite well received, I have to say. Oh, really? A lot of yeah, I thought I know you anyway. did a great job. Yeah. I thought you did a great job with it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like really nerve wracking when you're asked to come on a podcast and it's your first time as well. Like mm, I know for me, yep. I've done a lot of interviews myself, interviewing people, but I haven't done a lot of podcasts myself having other people interview me. So I was always feeling like pretty reserved about that. Um, but I've had a few opportunities come up and I'm hoping to break through that barrier this year. So it should be good as well. Always good um, to try and push the boundaries. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to be talking about dreams today. One of my favorite topics. So I was wondering if, so I think we're going to start with astro travel. So what is astro travel to you and how did you come across this in the first place? So very early on, as we mentioned in the last episode, we have done our Reiki mastership together. And during that Reiki mastership, I had a weird kind of of out-of-body sensation so to me that's like what 
I guess if you look up like the definition of astral travel or projection, that's kind of like the definition of it in that it's allowing your soul to journey into other dimensions or having an out-of-body experience to something. And during that mastership, I had a little bit of an out-of-body experience where I felt myself kind of, I guess if you were looking at a movie, it would probably be like going into space but sort of feeling your body kind of grounded in the earthly plane, like where you are now still, but like almost going on a another dimensional adventure, I guess you would say. And I asked my teacher at the time about that and some of the issue was that I had um, specific crystals in my room that were sort of uh, – uh, affecting my energy at the time and because I was waking up as well at that time feeling like I had gone through the ringer I guess like I'd been through a washing machine or something like that because I was waking up more tired than I was going to sleep so um, once I sort of moved the crystals a little bit I was still having that kind of experience a little bit more where I felt like my body and all my soul was trying to leave my body and go into another dimension and it's more like a heavier kind of dream state for me than like that. Um, so that was probably my first experience with it a few years back now, um, probably like maybe four or five years ago now. And then I had another experience probably back in 2020 where my body and my soul had left and visited another friend of mine that I had met through the Reiki mastership experience and I had traveled to Scotland because my friend was living there now and she I was walking around like with her during the streets and it was almost like a Google Earth kind of um vision that I was seeing while I was in the dream state and I was sort of um intentionally directing it sort of similar to a Google Earth direction or maps that you would probably um, have at the time where you would set your mind to say like I want to go up this side street or I want to look at this side stall and I was seeing in, in graphic detail like what every single street was of where my friend lived the front yard there was cars parked in the street you know I'd gone out her front yard and then gone up to the side street to the shops that she would go to and then also like this kind of back alley kind of thing where she had um like a park kind of thing with like stream and things like that and I woke up the next day and then reached out to her because I knew that she would be receptive to me talking to her about it if I knew that she wasn't then I wouldn't have shared it but um knowing how she is and and that she was kind of open to it I um, expressed that to her and she said it is exactly like you are explaining and it sounds like you were actually here because I could almost explain the car down to the exact colour that was parked in her in front of her house, the exact fencing that she had seen, the way that the store looked up at the, you know, three or four blocks up from her house, what the back alley looked like, where the park was, all these kind of very detailed descriptions of stuff and so it made me realize that like you know that is not necessarily like a dream state it's a little bit more because it's almost like a self-driven journey of like um intentionally setting your direction to go somewhere and then actually going there 
um, when you're in that state. So that's probably like my other probably most prolific one with astro travel or um, projection, I guess you would probably call it. And I'd sort of been familiarised with it a little bit actually um, from when I was a little kid. Um, Most people and listeners would probably know the Charmed show, one of the sisters, she could actually astro project herself into um, two people at once. It's that famous saying, you can't be two places at once, but in astro projection or travel, you can actually do that. You can be in two places at once and doing two things at once. It's kind of cool. So I kind of knew a little bit about it anyway, even from that kind of fantasy like show scenarios as well. Have you had anything like that though? I did a little bit of research on astro travel a couple of years ago and what I discovered was is that um, during certain wars they actually assign some people to do this kind of travelling where they can project and, and travel to where the enemy is grounded and see what's going on there. So that kind of, that came up when you were telling me that story but yeah, so like to me, it's interesting as a clairvoyant because I think in general terms, like astro travel, astral travel um, is basically when we're having an out of body experience when we're dreaming. And I think a lot of people are like quite fearful of thinking about doing this. So there might be certain fears like they might get lost somewhere in the ethers, you know, somewhere in the cosmos there, or they might not be able to get back to their body or uh, even just like maybe like just a fear of their own safety, like being out of their body. And then the other thing that I thought about was people might have a fear of meeting up with different kinds of negative entities. That sort of came to mind as well. So, yeah, it's interesting. The the first um, example I was talking about during our mastership, I remember thinking that exact same thing actually about the um, feeling of um, projecting and feeling like I was stuck in space and there was a safety issue around that for me, which um, as we know the mastership, both of us anyway, but for the listeners, the mastership for Reiki can bring up a lot of feelings around different stages of the journey with the mastership as well so it brings up quite a lot so um, it quite possibly could have been a manifestation as well around especially in that early stage around the safety aspect for me at that stage where I was so I do think that is quite reflective and um, representative about where you are on your spiritual journey as to how you would feel in that state when it happens to you as well um, because I do remember feeling at the time when it first happened to me it was like, oh my god, I'm stuck. Like I don't want to, I don't want to go here, but I don't want to be, caught, I don't want to be caught in between. That yeah, in between for sure. Feeling. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, that brings up something else, doesn't it? So we can we can astro travel through the cosmos, through different places, but we can also travel with our clairvoyance or our soul sight to different places here on earth as well Mm. so um it's universal we can go anywhere anywhere we like really and so you know I think 
people have been doing this for so long, like since the beginning of time. You know, that's what I found in my research. Like in ancient Egypt, they were doing this kind of stuff all the time and they used to do different experiments with it as well. The other thing that I was thinking about is a lot of people would describe astro travel as being a non-intentional intentional experience. So, for example, if you weren't experienced in this area and you hadn't heightened your intuition, then you might astro travel unintentionally at night in your dreams and realize that that's happened. So being an unintentional spiritual act. But I kind of think as well, so so for me, I really believe that we travel through the ethers at night every night. We, you know, go back and do all kinds of things while we're sleeping. We're not just sleeping. We're actually, you know, in other worlds and and doing other things, you know, whether that's, you know, you might like to envision it as, oh, we're going back to one of our star planets, you know, to visit our star home, or we're going to visit past loved ones, you know, or even just meeting different uh, people in the cosmos as part of our spiritual journey where we're trying to look for help or we're trying to look to, you know, really define what we're, what we're here for on earth. So I think that, that we can also travel for that reason as well. Then I feel like we don't actually, most of us don't remember it when we wake up, right? Yes. Mm. (laughs) My sleep is very, very broken at night because I've got two cats (laughs) and anyone who knows who has cats like forget about a good solid night's sleep um I'm up and down all night long which means my sleep is quite broken I probably like have that also helps give me a bit more perspective on that as well because it's like I'm not getting this solid night's sleep and then I'm waking up in the morning so I'm I'm probably in that middle state a lot And so the other thing that I was thinking about is what you were describing before with your friend. Like for me, I haven't actually done a lot of intentional astral travel while dreaming. So I've only once or twice ever in my life set the intention before going to sleep that I might go somewhere and travel somewhere. And then I was thinking, I was thinking, well, what if astral travel was used in the future oh my god and I just had a deja vu during <laughs> this conversation yep. what if astral travel was used in the future for things like for example if we needed to forgive somebody or we needed to repair a relationship we would set the intention to astral travel to go and see them and start changing that trajectory. So, you know, start changing the energy towards that person and saying sorry and and doing all of those things on a subconscious level. So I really mm-hmm. thought about that as well. Yeah, when when you brought that up. And then something else I thought about was, okay, so I've only ever intentionally astral traveled in my dreams maybe twice at night. Mm. Yeah. But for me, I astral travel constantly during different times during the day because I'm highly clairvoyant so I can just go anywhere and see anything I want so if I Mm. wanted to go and see into your bedroom 
<laughs> and see what you were doing. Um, She's messy. I'll give you the hot tip. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I can go and do that. I can go and travel anywhere and see what people are doing. I uh, think that also comes to as well with like we were just mentioning before, as you get further and further along in your spiritual path, um, being able to be more at ease with that frequency of the sleep frequency that you sit at, you're able to more easily tap into that frequency while you're awake on that sort of um, the daydreaming state rather like, and that can be things like watching TV, driving home, making dinner, um, you know, the mundane type things, washing the dishes, whatever it is, you're easier, you're able to easily tap into that frequency as you progress further along that path, then you probably are at the start where it's more intentional and you have to, and it sometimes will only come to you in that high sort of REM sleep frequency that you would initially have to tap into that. Because that second example that I was talking about, I was extremely chilled out in that situation. So uh, it was a lot more easier for me the second time than the first time to be able to tap into that and easily navigate it like it was you know like I was in a a film or a video game or you know sitting in google earth maps trying to just navigate my way around while I'm asleep but as time's gone on I think you know I am starting to get a little bit more of that uh, snapshots I guess uh, similar to you in terms of like the clairvoyancy stuff where I'm like I'm just getting a vibe about something this person's going to do X, Y, Z, or this is happening in the next X amount of time, six months, 12 months, whatever it is, this is, this is going to start escalating or this person, there's going to be this person that's coming into this person's life or things like that. Um, mine sort of come a bit more like a hit of a feeling or a vibe about something where I guess, like you just said, yours are more like a clairvoyant sort of daydreaming state of like, oh, I'm seeing this happening. And like you said, so for me, I kind of see the subconscious a little bit like Play-Doh. The more you play with it and the more you manipulate, you, the more you manipulate it because um, that's kind of what you're doing, right, when, you, when you're playing around with all of these different subconscious states. You're just manipulating them, like, right? So if you put that mm. into tangi- tangible form like Play-Doh, you can think about that as, well, the more that I create this uh, you know, whatever I'm creating with the Play-Doh, the more I'm going to have access to doing it. Yeah. So for me, as I said, I don't need to be asleep while I'm accessing astral travel. I can just access astral travel at any moment. I think that's a really beneficial thing, particularly with like what I said, I, I do believe that we can manipulate different things like going to see somebody or going to comfort somebody or um, going to somebody, you know, for forgiveness and think or for healing or, or things like that. I do think like it's highly beneficial if you are working towards developing your intuitive gifts to start practicing those kinds of things. So you, for example, um, something might've happened during the day with your boss at work, Right. Um, I don't go to work, but you go to work and you work with other people, right? So mm. something might have happened with your boss. But if you understand that you actually don't need to correct that situation in the physical realm, you can correct it um, in the subconscious realm. And that has the most impact 
then I think that we can start using astral travel to our benefit while we are also awake and having that intention. And that's obviously completely different from setting the intention to astral travel at night when we're going to sleep. That's probably more to go and explore the cosmos or more to go and visit our friend who's, you know, who's, who's away or, or something like that. Well, I, I probably wouldn't call it astral travel for me. I don't actually call it astral travel, but obviously I'm there with my guides each day, you know, as I'm writing my books and stuff, traveling mm. to their realm. Um, but I just don't call it astral travel. Um, but you could call it astral travel. The other thing that I was thinking of was like a little while ago, I was getting into the routine of on Fridays going to visit other worlds, so other alien worlds, um, and getting to know sort of, well, what's kind of going on up there. And so I would set the intention on a Friday for me to sit there in meditation or just to sit there in a sleeping state um, and visit, visit alien realms. And they would, so I would say to them, can you show me around, like, show me what does it look like here? What do you guys do here? How are you helping the planet? Um, what do you eat? Have you, do you ever come and visit us? So you can also astral travel for that reason too, for exploration. And that I think is like super interesting. You just need to make sure that when you're doing that kind of thing, that you're pretty good at protecting your boundaries because um, aliens are amazing and I love them so much. But you also need to have really strong boundaries because there still are like darker entities out there as well. So if you say you wanted to visit a particular type of alien being, then you could definitely set that intention as well. Um, And Mm. they just love to communicate with us. And they also love to learn about what we're doing as well. But you do have to remember that on the other end of it, if you're going to visit them, okay, for example, I love going to visit Saturn and seeing the aliens there. But if you're going to visit them, (laughs) they will come and visit you too. (laughs) So (laughs) you need to remember, you need to remember that when you start developing a relationship with alien beings, uh, they will come and see what you're doing too. So yeah, that's just a really different spin on astral travel what else, what else has come up for you so I've had also some lucid dreams but I feel like they were probably more so when I was probably earlier on my spiritual path like we were talking about before the spirit the lucid dreams for me are more like dreams within a dream kind of thing so like you're dreaming but then you catch yourself dreaming while you're in that state but at that point for me it was more like a symbolic or messages for things that are kind of going on in my life and I sort of reflecting on it now I kind of think that maybe it was my guides like kind of coming through my dream state to kind of speak to me because now I feel like that state is more during the awake state for me rather than the sleeping state kind of similar to like what you were just saying before 
but yeah, it was more like symbolic of like messages and things of like what people would probably see as like a normal dream to them. But for me, I would always catch it either at some point during the dream, whether it's like start, middle or end or recurring points in the dream of like, I know I'm dreaming, like this is just a dream, like why are we walking around in circles or, you know, why am I climbing this cliff or why am I walking down this bush walk, you know, dirt path or something, you know, um, in the middle of nowhere, I don't understand why I'm here, that kind of thing. I know it's a dream. So for me they were kind of a little bit more symbolic, but I know some other people think of them as more reflective or status of where your subconscious is, I guess, at that point. So that's kind of happened with me as well. But I probably wouldn't say that I would get the lucid dreams as much anymore. I would just say that they're more dream states and that sometimes for me my dreams are more prolific in that it's a message or a meaning of something that my guides are wanting me to hear at the time or speak to more depth or experience or expand on more of the messaging of like maybe something I've picked up and then I go into that dream state and then they talk more about like the messaging around that but in a a format that is probably a lot more palatable to me to be able to understand or um, sort of get what what they're sort of trying to talk about in that dream state for me. So um, I guess they're probably the other two things as well. Also, if you were wanting to try astral travel, one thing that I would say was, is to make sure that that night, if you don't, if you haven't done this before, that night, just make sure that, or the night that you choose, make sure that you're in quite a positive mindset. Because I believe that when you are um, doing a lot of different traveling and, and, and in a lot of different subconscious states, you kind of attract the mood that you're in, right? And so if you're in a negative frame of mind, or in a, just in a bit of a low mood, then you're more likely to attract lower vibe energies as well. So I would really suggest maybe doing a high frequency meditation, clearing your energy before bed, putting on some beautiful music, um, doing that kind of thing before you decide to go in and astral travel. It's good to also practice grounding. So if you are aren't somebody who is very grounded normally in your body, I would then suggest to do some grounding practices as well. So you might want to, before you go off, you might want to set the intention with your guides to have a silver cord running um, from your lower chakras, for example, and place that into the earth. Or you can place, you can imagine that going from your root into the crystal grids Um, And then I love to imagine like a crystal being, so whatever type of crystal you like, so if it's rose quartz or clear quartz, imagine that being under your feet. So just a really beautiful grounding energy and that coming up and you want that silver cord to be grounded like right into the earth as well. So that way you can slip back in and out of different subconscious spaces and not have to be so fearful about what you're doing as well. Like just having a little bit of control around it too. 
And you can also just uh, chat with your guides and call on your protection guides and make sure that they're there to help you during that time. That's if you are going to set the intention, oh, I'm going to astral travel, I'm going to go and see my friend tonight. And, uh, yeah, that will just help you get there, but also help you get there safely and have a really positive experience because I think like we all know when we've had a really bad dream or something like that, it can like, you can wake up and you can feel not so great or feel like a bit shocked or whatever as well. So I think it's always good to, to do that anyway. Yeah. I think that that energy is uh, definitely something too, like you said, because you want to try and, um, ease in and out of that state because the more shocked or um, abrupt the transition, that energy can really like resolve and sort of settle in your body, which can make you feel like if, like in my first example at the start of the episode, I was talking about how in the early, the first situation I had, I woke up feeling more tired than I was when I had gone to sleep and that is the perfect example of that in action which is the situation where you're not transitioning in and out of the um the state easily because you're being too abruptly ripped in and out of that state because you're either the energy that's shifting you in and out is what's sitting in your body still so you're not smoothly transitioning yeah Yeah. Yeah. And also just practicing like really good boundaries. If you're going to travel and visit alien realms, your boundaries need to be so good. (laughs) That's just talking from personal experience. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we all need to learn the hard way, don't we, with boundaries? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, we've both been through the boundary lessons, right? Exactly. We've both been hit hard hard with those lessons um, and you don't really want a lesson with boundaries because it's not fun. You want to get that one the first time, that's for sure. You want to get it the first time and not the repeats. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you don't want some weird alien person visiting you during the night scaring the shit out of you. So so (laughs) boundaries is always good. Um, yeah, yep. so as you said, moving on, sorry, I, I backtracked there. Moving That's okay. along to lucid dreams. I'm a big fan of lucid dreams myself. You you did give um you gave your definition, and I'll kind of just give my definition. So to me, lucid dreaming is just being awake within your dreams or being aware that your dream is happening. So you realize you're having a dream and you know, or you can see something happening around you when you're in the dream and you're like, whoa, I'm seeing my dream right now. I think it probably doesn't happen very often. And it's really special when it does happen sometimes, particularly if it's a positive experience. I really believe that lucid dreams are very connected to our guides, like you said. So it's our guides trying to show us something. It's our angels. It's our masters. It's our, it's all those beautiful energies, particularly the angels who love to show us 
this lucid dreaming experience. Yeah, so for me, again, I don't need to be asleep to access this lucid state. That has just come from, I don't know, like, I'm just weird. I'm I'm a triple Pisces and it is just weird, right? You know, from a very young age, I've done all of this kind of stuff. And I used to daydream a lot in, in class and just daydream all the time. And so, so me being able to do that is just because I've moved in and out of these states since I was like really little. And then daydreaming a lot has helped me understand how to move into different types of subconscious states. So one thing about lucid dreams, which I find is really different to the astral travel, is that um, a lucid dream can help you really move into the subconscious healing centers. Okay. So it is a healing state. And that's why I say that the angels and our masters love to visit us when we're in a lucid dream. And it's usually a message from them. So when we've hit that lucid dream state, we're moving into like an active cell regeneration. So they can easily, they can easily access our body to bring in healing. And so it's a very, very similar state to or awareness of meditating. And we know about all the benefits of meditating. So it just takes like, if you're like a super good meditator, then it just takes a little bit more practice if you want to move into the lucid dream state during the day. So, and we can really just describe it as you can think about it as it's the bridge between when you're awake and when you're asleep. It's as if you can see yourself crossing the bridge between your conscious and your subconscious. So it's like, it's the bliss state to me. If you can start setting the intention to do that, your guides will help you be in that state a lot more during the day to bring in the healing frequency. So what about you? If you had like, what are your experiences with lucid dreaming? Yeah, look, I kind of mentioned before it was it's more probably on the earlier stages when probably the lucid dreams were like around when my master guides were coming in and then sort of in between that it's been more like uh, sort of dr- normal dream-like states for me because they, they don't necessarily sit in that format, I guess, mm. of like what a lucid dream would feel like for me. It's probably more like because my subconscious is um, developing more and more each time, it's, you know, I dream in a normal state for what, you know, most people would and then I catch myself in that state being like, oh, I'm dreaming, like what's this about? But as a thing overall, um, throughout all the different types of dreaming whether it's astro travel, dreaming, prolific dreaming, whatever else like that, I've started trying to develop the skill of being able to recall that information as soon as I wake up and then putting it in my phone notes and putting it in together to be able to put those, pull all that information and then put it into like a written form, whether it's just dots or recalling a whole dream or whatever it is that I've, you know, had during the night 
to be able to go back and reflect on those things and say, oh, that's what happened that night around that time. Because sometimes when you're in those states, it's like breadcrumbs. Like you don't necessarily know what the message is or what you guys are trying to communicate to you until you're further down the path. And then you can look back and reflect on it and be like, oh, that's what that meant. Or, you know, and sort of pull those symbolic gestures or signs and things like that together to be able to say oh this is what that meant I get it now so that um it's more of a story rather than an abstract fact at the time so sort of developing that skill more so for thing all of the states not necessarily you know um lucid dreaming um I think has helped with the messaging because of what is trying to be conveyed in each of those states, whether it's astral projection or astral realms or any of the lucid dreaming or any of that kind of stuff, it, it's sending that message in the symbol of like what are you trying to convey to me? So it helps kind of trying to understand that messaging more. Yeah, so actually what I discovered was as well is that you can use different plant medicines like to bring you really deep into the lucid dreaming state. And I've tried some of these and I personally didn't like them because my third eye is like already wide open. So it took me on a really trippy experience. This was a tea that I was trying that had a different mix, some different mixtures to it. And it was called lucid dreaming it was really intense. Like it definitely worked, but every time I tried it, it would actually give me a bad experience, like a bad experience of lucid dreaming, a negative experience, not a positive experience. Mm. But uh, it's always worth giving it a go. Like there's there's quite a know, few. You give it a go. Dear. That's right. So there's quite a few different teas around. Yeah, so that that didn't work for me. But the other thing that's interesting is this concept of shamanic journeying. And so I've done that a lot. And I would actually say that in the shamanic journeying state, you are also walking into that lucid dreaming state. To me, uh, that's probably the best demonstration of what I was talking about before, about uh, the lucid dreaming state being the healing state um, mm. because we all know that, you know, obviously shamanism is really, really deeply connected to healing and the shamanic journey can just give you such a beautiful experience of the lucid dream. Through that you can correct uh, all kinds of all kinds of health issues. And actually more than astral travel, lucid dreaming has... Um, there's actually been quite a lot of research done on lucid dreaming. It's actually been found to help people with emotional and physical trauma, PTSD, sexual trauma. You can also use it to rewire the brain for addictions and negative behaviors. I just feel like there's so much there. And in the future, we are really going to be using this state for a lot of different things. I can. I, I also feel like actually that was sorry. Um, I was just going to say that. Um, I feel like that's actually sort of been demonstrated a little bit. Actually, on that Netflix documentary, Healing, there's um a segment 
on there um, about plant medicine that they use for PTSD and um, uh, people with severe mental and emotional trauma that have been through things such as like wars, like army vets and things like that that have gone Mm. off to war and things like that. Also people that have had a lot of um, psychiatric assistance and things like that Um, and they're not really getting much in the way of improvement. So I think there was a, uh, I don't know if it's a trial that they talk about on that um, documentary, the um, healing documentary, and they talk about um, how they uh, are trialling that, and I think with the ayahuasca and a few of the other things in terms of plant medicine and, and how that can be proven to assist in healing and improve people's everyday life and well-being. So I think, you know, things like that that are happening right now are actually going to demonstrate that, you know, outcome moving forward, exactly what you're saying is that, you know, there'll be things that people will look at now and moving forward of trying to improve things. Yeah, and I haven't tried ayahuasca myself. Um, Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know quite, quite a few people that have. It's definitely been a topic that's actually come up uh, with people coming on the podcast. I might not have aired it, but we've certainly spoken about it before or after. So everyone has their perspective on Mm. ayahuasca, which I feel like is a step. Like when I was talking about plant medicine, I'm really just talking about general herbs and things. (laughs) But yeah, certainly plant medicine in that in that in that extra form, I think there's a lot still to be investigated there. And I know that that I know some people have had a really amazing experience. And I know some who have had like a not so great experience. So I think it's just like trial and error, isn't it? But it does mm. bring us back to the power of lucid dreaming. And uh, the other thing that I was going to actually mention was, well, actually, first I'll mention something else, and that is I've personally found that there can be some key moments in a lucid dream. And it's very rare when you're having these moments uh, in your life. So I can only remember within a lucid dream while I was sleeping, having some of these occurrences. So for example, if you've had a really stressful situation happen to you, okay, that lucid dream moment, that bridge between conscious and subconscious can be the perfect moment, the magic moment where your angel can come and give you a hug, reassure you, that everything's going to be okay. And that can be the perfect moment that if your intuitive capabilities aren't built up that much, they are going to try and meet you at that moment so that you can see that everything's okay. So we can start to have these encounters with higher beings during lucid dreaming. um, And also if we're wanting to meet particular master guides, we can also set the intention for them to come and visit us during uh, during a lucid dream. So it's a great way to start your your mind or your body to to getting used to 
being around guides, higher guides. Um, so not just spirit guides, but, you know, the guides on, on much higher realms. And the difference between uh, that contact that contact and normal earthly contact is that it's so high vibe that you just can't not remember it. Like it's super special. Yeah, it's funny that you brought that up actually because um, I had had a couple of um, uh, people reach out and ask me about how do you meet your guides since the last episode that we recorded together and so that's probably a good little takeaway from this episode as well for those people that are wondering about it that, you know, uh, might be a bit uh, put off by or, you know, apprehensive probably is the better word for it, apprehensive about meeting guides because they're scared to meet them and or yeah. be freaked out by them. So, you know, initiating that contact in, um, through sleep, which is a safe state, and then, you know, getting into stuff like meditation with, you know, things. There's so many resources out there, things like YouTube videos and um, Insight Timer and, you know, there's heaps of other ones out there as well that um, have, you know, links for different meditations for guides that you can meet and things like that and then start bringing them in uh, initially into your sleep but then in your awake state and then you can bring them through more and more in your lucid dreaming as well yeah and I was also just thinking about spirit communication too when you said that if we have a past loved one that we really want to get in contact with or we want to feel their touch again that's also the perfect place to do that because they can Mm. they can they can meet you there at the bridge and you can feel them fully I think that's just a really beautiful thing as well. So, yeah, I just really think that we're going to have a lot of, lot more different studies in the future about this within these lucid states um, and how they can help us. And I know when I studied neuroscience during my psychology degree, they, they did actually go into these different states of dreaming and how, and they actually proved that they were that we were accessing different states of consciousness within the brain and these have all been measured and mapped out and being used already um, for healing as well and the other thing is is that interestingly a lot of the studies about lucid dreaming um, were actually around Tibetan culture and the first ever lucid dream that was obtained was actually during Tibetan dream yoga, which is like a form of yoga nidra. Um, so I don't know whether you've done a lot of yoga nidra, but I absolutely love yoga nidra. Um, it's no, like- I've done a little nidra like during meditation, but not necessarily during yoga. So when I'm feeling like yeah. when I'm feeling like really lazy and um, I can't do a yogic practice, I'll do a yoga nidra, and it will just be just be as good. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that I think with a lot of different people accessing, you know, the higher realms these days, we can access lucid dreaming also just during normal yoga, like Kundalini yoga and meditation as well in it, like just like in a dreamy awake state as well. So much more to come on that. And now we're (laughs) on to prophetic dreams. So have you had any yeah. prophetic dreams? 
So prophetic to me, yes. Um, prophetic more so for me, I would say, is more like a traditional kind of premonition-y type dream. I've had several uh, themes that have sort of come up around financial abundance when I knew there was going to be money that was coming through. Um, some of that was to do with a job changeover that I had about 12 months ago. There's been some other ones too lately as well around earth transitions as well. So um, if you follow me, you might have seen that I had posted um, in the last couple of months about some earthquakes that were happening and a volcano eruption that I had a, a dream state about. And I had woken from those states and um, once again, as I mentioned, sort of written some notes down and then uh, because I need to quickly write these down before the uh, details escape me when I kind of fully exit that state of being. Once I get out of that, then that's when I will sort of verify what I'm feeling. So in a couple of those ones about earthquakes and the volcanoes, it happened to be that uh, there was a volcano eruption uh, overnight while I had been asleep um, in Iceland. So um, I had posted about that. Funnily enough, I think in our last episode, I had actually also mentioned about the Hawaiian and fires that were happening at the time of the recording or had just happened um, and burnt down one of the really old historic towns over in Hawaii, one of the islands in Hawaii. Um, I can't remember if we had left it in the recording or not, um, but I had mentioned either before or after or during that recording about the fact that I was quite worried that um, it could be quite a very harsh fire season for us as well this year in um, Victoria and Australia. And already we're on the third week today and the time of recording tomorrow is going to be a catastrophic um, fire category, which actually was created with one of the worst categories of bushfires that we had probably, I think it was around 2010 or so, um, that that Uh, category was created in Victoria so um, we're hitting this category has also happened three times in the last three weeks as well which to me I think is very like prolific as well in terms of like three three very similar days in three weeks in a row as well and also at the time of recording this as well there's a couple of fires from the last couple of weeks that still haven't gone out they're still going and my worry with that is that they will escalate in the next couple of weeks. I think the feeling I had at the time of that recording when we had recorded it about the Hawaiian fires is that I was getting quite emotional and upset about it at the time because around that time, not necessarily in the recording, but because I had felt the same thing and that it's, you know, the climate change is getting worse and worse and this is, becoming more of a more of an issue so around that volcanic um, dream state was probably a a similar feeling in that dream of like all these kind of uh, earthly elemental factors keep happening whether it's fire wind floods um, eruptions these kind of things that keep happening around different points not just in Australia but also around the world at um, different um, points in time with locations that keep escalating 
And, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what happens. So sometimes these things kind of come to me. Then there can also be in a personal level too, like I just mentioned before, like friends and things that like I am around, their energy can kind of seep into mine a little bit and I'll get vibes or hits about things. So recently um, one of the people, one a person I know, I had had a feeling about her getting into a relationship or that she was going to meet someone and I had mentioned that to her and she was not really sure. And then um, sure enough, that's happened. So sometimes I feel like, you know, they're leads on things that um, interest. I've had a similar thing with myself as well a couple, uh, a little while ago, maybe probably 12 months ago or something as well, kept getting signs and dreams and things around like um, specific things around romance and stuff like that that were going to lead into my life. And sure enough, that kind of happened. Um, not to the level that I thought it would, but um, it definitely sort of gave me a little bit of a, a nudge of like, hey, turn your attention to this kind of thing. So, yeah, they're, they're, I've had a few, but, um, yeah, they're, they're like anything, you know, you, you can't necessarily say you're going to get one every week, but you might get one once every two months, every three months, mm-hmm. once every quarter of a year even. So, you know, it, it just depends on your state when you go into those sleeps that sleep state and um yeah what you wanting to get out of it I guess and how open you are to that energy coming through and it's interesting like that you bring up all the little warnings that you've been getting because I do really connect these kinds of dreams more with warnings rather than happy things that are going to happen um but I feel like it can can work both ways. It just it just depends on how your guides, I guess, alert you to different things that are going to happen in your life. And so the prophetic dream to me is like, it's like a psychic dream. You remember it upon waking and sometimes it can be, you can feel like really emotional about it um, or scared by the dream. Because as I said, it, it, it can be um, a warning dream. I feel like it can also be like our higher guides and our angels trying to connect with us, telling us that something's going to happen, right? And we can get warnings for ourselves or we can get warnings for our friends or like you said, get warnings for the collective as well if we're tuned in. I tend to try not to myself connect into the collective energy just because like I'm such a sensitive soul that it really affects me a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you're kind of a bit more grounded. So being a watery energy, I find once I kind of float into that collective space, there's kind of no way of getting out. So I try and shield myself Mm -hmm. from that most of the time. I don't know what's going on because I don't watch the news. And that's just more, I, I, I need to keep my energy clear personally for my own personal health. Yeah. I feel like that's so, a blanket rule though, post COVID anyway, like just, you know, stay, you know, managing your energy a lot better. And I think that's probably like one thing most people would be more heightened to is that they don't want to necessarily be ingesting such um, dense information all the time. You know, yeah. the world has got enough bad things going on in it. You don't have to have it on a neon sign. 
yeah. listening in front of, yeah. you know, vocally, visually and feeling it yeah. for, you know, half an hour to an hour each night on the news, um, being forced to listen to everything, let alone that and the ads that everything goes on yeah. with as well. Yeah. And exposing, you know, if you've got kids, you know, kids to that as well. You know, that yes, they hear about it, but you don't have to necessarily um, expose yeah. them to it unnecessarily. Yeah. So like I, that, think, I think like, you know, like with prophetic dreams, it's it's kind of like all of the other dreams too, right? Whatever mind space we're in is whatever's going to be coming in. So um, because we're creating our life from moment to moment, right? And then we have this other thing happening, which is I'm just going to call it like a soul stream, right? It's a soul stream of energy. And so really going back to when I was a child, I the only way that I knew that I was a psychic medium or that I was different to the people who were around me was because I was having prophetic dreams. So I can remember these dreams from as early as the age of three through to the age of six. So what would actually happen to me was I would talk about the dreams that I've had, right? But I also wouldn't want to go to sleep because Mm. I was so scared of the dark. I like literally slept with my eyes open because I would have dreams and then they would come true. Most of the time for me, prophetic dreams were negative. So warnings about what was coming in. So, so warnings around what was coming in and what was going to affect me, my guides telling me and warning me that something was going to happen being clairvoyant, that's always going to come in a very graphic nature, depending on how strong your imagination is. I find clairvoyant love, clairvoyance loves to float with the imagination. If your imagination, if you've got a really high imagination like me, they tend to be much worse than maybe the outcome of what's, of what's coming in. Um, so the warning will really shake you up. There was a time during my 20s where I was in therapy and seeing a therapist and I would talk to her about about my dreams and there were time and time and time again where I would tell her about these dreams and a month later they would be true. So she was actually recording them and seeing them and she was like, whoa, like you just can't plan this shit happening right now. So that was my first alert to knowing that I was different, to knowing that I was a psychic medium, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. And scary for a six-year-old child. Um, So I knew that my parents were going to be divorced before they were divorced. Mm. I already knew that. That was at six years old and I had already seen that. I'd already been warned about it in a really, really scary dream. So, yeah, so for me, they've been like really, really strong in my life. The other thing is, I guess I kept asking myself this big question, which was if you are having dreams about the future and then they happen, is your life set in stone? Can you change what's going to happen, right? And after... 40 or more years 
of doing this and testing this notion because <laughs> I've tested it time and time and time again. The answer is some things are most definitely set in stone. We cannot mm. change some things and that's the soul stream that I'm talking about. So there are some soul contracts that we've agreed to before we came here that we can't change. We have to learn that lesson and go through that lesson to evolve, right? Mm. But, and I would say with prophetic dreams, like uh, telling with, 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 with telling uh, the future, you probably don't have much chance of changing what's going to happen. That's just in my experience. Um, I've tried to change things and it doesn't work. I feel like we also have different choices and things that we can make right in life. So we can choose to do different things and we can choose to make different decisions. And generally in life, we have those choices and we can predict the future by taking those decisions, but not with the soul stream path, not Mm. with all of that soul energy that's coming through. So there's two different uh, thoughts there. So I would say only about 10% of being able to change what was in that dream, Um, Mm. which, which is actually, yeah, a bit scary. And so one of the biggest prophetic dreams that I've had, and I think I've told you this before, was when my father and grandmother, who was still alive, came to me in a dream and I woke up. So I was sleeping next to my husband. It was in the middle of the night. I woke up crying after the dream. I was like so devastated. I remembered the dream. And of course, my husband knows that I have prophetic dreams because he's seen them come true before. And I was in the worst possible state. And he said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, dad came and Nana came and they came to say goodbye. They're leaving. They're going to die. So it was time to say goodbye. And they said goodbye to me um, in this dream. And uh, then within a couple of months, my dad was diagnosed with melanoma cancer at the age of 52. And it was like this tiny, small marking on his foot. So, so small that you couldn't even imagine that that was going to be melanoma. And we were in Sydney at Christmas time. It was the day before Christmas. He had an appointment with a specialist in the city. And she told him on Christmas Eve that he had terminal cancer and he only had six months to live. So I remember him coming out of that appointment. We were in the shoe shop at Maya next door. He came out, he came up and he goes like, I'm gone. I'm. She says, I've only got six months. So of course I already knew and I'd already spoken to my husband about this dream and, uh, and it was like still a big shock. Um, and then a couple of months after that, after he passed away within six months, um, my grandmother, his mum also then passed away from breast cancer. So they both had terminal cancer together and they both come to me in that prophetic dream um, telling me that it was time for them to go. Now that dream was actually a really, really beautiful dream. But when you've got somebody passing over that you love, obviously, you know it's going to be a difficult time. So I guess the prophetic dream is like really special to me because 
they are what told me that I had these extra psychic mediumship abilities. I think as well um, it's one of the biggest things in my life where I've had to learn to manage that kind of energy from a really, really young age. So Mm. I've had to know that things, horrible things were going to happen around me to my family or to my friends or to myself, right, before they happened. And then I would have to manage not voicing that to anybody and then I would have to manage not being scared to receive that information. And so now at 44, like my guides don't hesitate to give me information because they know that I'm not scared of it, I'm used to it, right? Right. They only give you what you can handle. What does that also mean? It actually means that I have such super strong ethics around my abilities, right? And I know a lot of psychics or a lot of mediums don't have really good and strong ethics. So for me, 99.9% of the time, I don't let people know what's happening or what's going to happen. Because for me, from what I've seen and from what I've been shown is that um, I really hold the very strong belief that we are not here to interview to interfere with the natural process of life, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that might give you a very different interpretation of 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 what seeing a psychic medium is about or what being a psychic medium is. So to me, you are not here to change the trajectory of someone else's life. Really, only they have the power to do that and it should be their choice, not Mm. yours. So, um, you know, and that's really interesting because people might ask me, oh, when am I going to find a guy or when am I going to fall pregnant or find a house? And the answer is always there, right? But in between what they want and the answer is the challenge that they're working through in their life. That's what a lot of people don't understand. They want the future, okay? But it's like you're not going to be able to get to that point that I see until you've moved through those different blocks, through those karmas, through those emotional traumas, through the baggage, and then then uh, then they can get to the best possible outcome, right? So although I might see the best best possible outcome for them, it doesn't actually mean that they're going to be able to learn the lessons to get there. So I think that's a really important thing to think about when you're going to see a psychic medium. Um, can they predict your future? Hmm. Well, maybe some of it but a very limited amount in terms of just think about this. You've got to make a lot of choices and decisions along the way to get to that decision, right? So to me, a psychic medium or a a, a psychic mediumship reading is actually, for me, I'm not a psychic. I don't do psychic medium readings where I'm telling people their future. For me, it's a healing mediumship reading. And that's because they can't get to what you see for them. They can't get to the guy. They can't get to the marriage. They can't get to the house or they can't get to the baby or whatever until they've moved through 
uh, these, these tests and these uh, different different things that are challenging them. Okay, so that's just a little bit of a different look um, on psychic mediumship. I think the only thing that I would say is, for example, if my daughter comes to me and she often does, she says like, am I going to get a job? Am I going to get an interview? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And all of that kind of stuff, right? And I can tell her each time and I do. Okay, but I've also got to tell her the bad news as well, okay? And the other thing that I've seen is that in all the situations where you haven't got what you wanted, that was actually the best outcome of that position. I I was thinking while talking about that just then, um, particularly around like the mediumship's reading for you, like I just kept getting this picture of like a maze so it's like they are predicting the pathway through the maze of which in this instance the maze is life that you are going to take but there's no guarantee that you'll take the path that they think you will no and so that's why that's why i've turn. never yeah so that's why i've never ever positioned myself as a psychic medium i'm a healing medium So um, previously when I was doing readings or healings, people would come to me, but I would actually work on healing what was stopping them from getting them, getting their best life or getting them what they wanted, not to focus on future projection. And I only focus on future projection for my immediate family, right? You know, I I don't mind telling my daughter what's going to happen. And she's a psychic too. She sees things as well. And the other thing is, is what I really see in these positions where when we are wanting something or when we're constantly going to see these people for, I guess, reassurance that things are going to happen is that what's not meant for you is not coming to you. Mm. Like it's just not. So it's like stop pushing the universe for things that aren't coming as well because they always, it's a, it's a sign that you're not trusting the universe, right? Because they always have a better road for you than what you can actually imagine for yourself. So mm. if you start trusting your intuition and start following the path of your guides and, and where that's leading you rather than following what somebody else is telling you, you will actually see that door open up for you because they can actually help you through healing as well um, and show you sort of like, why you weren't getting there in the first place. Wow. I mean, we've had such a huge talk today about everything. I wasn't expecting it to be so in depth, but like <laughs> we've really we've really gone in depth, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, what else do you expect? We go deep. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hope everyone gets a lot out of this episode. I always love recording episodes with Chantel and (laughs) I really highly recommend that if you are looking for a healer or looking for a holistic counsellor to reach out to Chantel and as she said she does actually have one of the great things about Chantel is she also has really great prices. So not only does she offer an amazing service but she doesn't like knock the price up like everybody else. And you do Zoom sessions too, right? 
Mm, yeah, all online. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to keep it as cost-effective as possible. So online I feel is still the best way forward for me because it allows me to keep the pricing down overall for everyone to be able to access. And ultimately that's why you do this, isn't it? It's not to make money, it's to help people. So, And that's exactly where I'm at. I'm not here to well, money is, is nice and all. Let's not be frank. <laughs> let's be frank about that. You know, it's not why I'm in this to, you know, be trying to cash in. It's it's because I want to help people and uh, ultimately change the way that they're feeling about something or a situation or uh, their energy about how they're moving in day-to-day life. So where can people find you? So I've got my Instagram, so that's at Unearthed Energy Healings um, and also Facebook page, but it's probably more so I'll be more interactive with you if you are on Instagram. And I also have um, a website as well with the same. So it's unearthedenergieshealings.com.au. So you can find me information on there. Um, So there's some free resources on there as well. Uh, links to meditations and YouTube things, some sound recordings from other sound healers that have done some things during COVID that I've linked on there, um, I, as well as a little info about me and um, just general things that I'm offering and stuff on there as well. Nice. Well, thanks so much for coming again. Thanks for having me. I'm Mel Sienna Magwick, and you've been listening to the Love, Soul, Miracles and Magic podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at the Rose Mother. Thank you so much for listening.